got a message from Count Druncula slash Ryan Daly, who is from the Flowers and Fishnets blog slash podcast, Dead Boffins Buys podcast, and whatever other podcast that he's going to stop doing so we can start a new podcast. You know, don't get too attached to his shows, is what I'm saying. He is going to be doing a new podcast. Yeah, I know. It's going to be really cool. I know. I just don't. Okay. I'm just upset that Dead Boffins Buys is kind of dead. Is it dead or is it just like slowing? It's he hasn't done a new episode in a while, and I'm very upset because I really uh, like that. Show. I like Ted Boston. I know. I, I even like the one you were on. Uh, <laughs> episode, I hated the one you were on. <laughs> episode one ten. Ah, oh, there's that chemistry. I'm going to regret this. Standing by. This is our rescue. I'm a Jedi. Like my father before me. Everything's perfectly alright now. We're fine. We're all fine here. No, thank you. How are you? Welcome back to Dead Boffin Spies, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, also known as Count Druncula, and I've got three guests today that are just itching to talk about the second teaser trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens. I told you last time that this show was slowing down, going monthly, but not going away entirely. Or as my mother would say, I'm not dead and you'll never get my money. If you're listening to this podcast, I assume you've seen the new Force Awakens teaser that dropped last week during Star Wars Celebration. It was met with pretty overwhelming praise and adoration. If for some reason you haven't seen that teaser yet, I will post a link to the video on the blog page for this podcast. You should go check it out right now. In an effort to remain spoiler-free, I'll try to avoid speculation and rumor-mongering. There are a few bits of information that were revealed officially during Celebration. The names of several characters, factions, and locations, for example. The desert planet featured in both teasers that many fans assumed was Tatooine is actually a planet called Jakku. J.J. Abrams, the director of The Force Awakens, stated that he wanted to include a desert planet to capture the feel of movie westerns that was so prominent in the first Star Wars. Another sort of unexpected revelation is that the evil galactic empire from the classic trilogy has been rechristened the First Order, and the former Rebel Alliance is now called the Resistance. We also know that John Boyega's character is called Finn, and he is most likely a real stormtrooper, at least when the film begins. Daisy Ridley's character is named Rey, and she is a junker or salvager on Jakku when she meets Finn. Oscar Isaac plays Poe Dameron, who he self-describes as the best freaking pilot in the galaxy. And the villain of the film with the red lightsaber is called Kylo Ren. The actor beneath the mask has not been officially released, so I won't comment any more than that. All right, here with Nathaniel Wayne from Council of Geeks, once again, returning champion. Nathaniel, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Uh, really quick, your response, your reaction to the second teaser for Star Wars The Force Awakens. I had the biggest smile that I think I have had from any piece of marketing in about as long as I can remember. As, as, as far as I'm concerned, this is the best teaser of any kind that has been done in a very, very long time. Okay. And it's miles above the first teaser, which I liked. You liked the first one, but you weren't... Am I recalling correctly? Right? You didn't. You didn't go crazy over the first teaser. No, I, most people I know like, oh, the Millennium Falcon, and they lost their minds. I'm like, it was cool to see, but I knew it was in there. So you didn't. You didn't. You didn't really hit my button by showing me that because I knew it was there. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, there's a lot about this teaser that I like because first of all, it, it continues to be a proper teaser. It gives us so much. It gives us a lot more stuff, but it's still not telling us a lot, which. Right. I like. I mean, what once we start getting into full trailer season, they start showing us plot points. My interest may honestly start dwindling. Mm-hmm. I like when there are almost nothing but possibilities. Yeah. 
which is what this trailer gives. And the way that it opens, and it's that shot of the... And we know it's not Tatooine now. First of all, it just starts with landscape, and then you notice the little speeder going mm-hmm. across. You're like, okay. And then it's scrolling over, like, is is that a mountain? That's not a mountain. It's not That's a mountain. A, oh, my God! I think everybody thought that. They were like, okay, the, in the foreground, it looks like there's a downed X-Wing fight or something that got a crash, and then it's like, all right, that's a mountain in the back, and that's not a mountain. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody kind of oh. So it, it started strong right with that. Right. And I think that when you harken back to the, the classic trilogy, how identifiable the Star Destroyer is. It was yeah. the, it was one of the first vehicles shown in every one of those original movies. They all start off with a Star Destroyer. So to have that as the first image of this teaser, I think put a lot of people right in familiar territory. Well, not only that. I mean, the the first the original trilogy did sc- like sheer scale. Yeah. Really well. The prequels lost a lot of sense. When something was supposed to be big, it was just like it's okay, it's there, I guess. Yeah. But you know that that opening shot of the first movie, obviously the ship is huge. And whenever we right. were dealing with the Death Star, whether it was the first one or the new one in right. Return of the Jedi, we they did scale really big. And this right. this brings you back to that's friggin' huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right out the gate, really strong start. But what happened next? was what made this the best thing ever, as far as I'm concerned. Which is, we start getting Luke's voiceover. Mm -hmm. And, first of all, I love that it is unchanged, word for word, exactly what he said in Return of the Jedi. Although, I I think it is a new recording. It is a new recording. Trust me, I I have that movie memorized well enough. I'm pretty sure. And even as I'm sitting there, I'm like... This is a new recording, but it's the exact words, unchanged, and I love that. Right. And I know a lot of fans have started reading into, oh, he says my father has it, not had it. Like, no, shut up. Darth just, Vader is dead. Darth Vader is dead. He's just saying it because it's the same line, and it's awesome that it's the same line. So shut up. So we right. see the helmet, which is, that's a cool image. Mm-hmm. We see R2 with the robot hand. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We see what is, it, you know, then my sister has it. It's implied that it's Leia. Could be a shot from anybody. We right. don't know. But then it's the moment that that put the grin on my face that did not fade for about an hour, mm-hmm. which was that the screen goes black. Yeah. And you hear him say, you have that power too. And as far as I'm concerned, at that moment, he was talking to me. Exactly. And a literal chill went down my spine, and I was nine years old again. And the that cut through years over a decade of cynicism that has been built up towards Star Wars, it cut straight through that and hit me right where I live. And I'm like, yeah. And then what? And then when it says this Christmas, I'm like, that's my Christmas present. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was. You have that part. You are special. You are coming on this journey with us. Yes. It's an invitation. It's a. It's that hero's call to action. It, it was. It was so wonderfully inclusive. Yeah. And the other thing was. That was the perfectly chosen music cue, mm. also, which is another thing, you know, people, because everyone's talking about this thing, but everyone's talking speculation, but no one's talking about just the brilliant music choice because it's a piece of music that anyone hears it, they go, oh, that's Star Wars. Right. But it's not yeah. the first piece of music you think of when you think right. Star Wars music because right. you either think the title or you think the Imperial March, right, right. stuff like that. So. To pick something that evocative and that uplifting, but that was not the go-to Star Wars music, was, again, just a brilliant choice. And everything after that was just icing for me. It, yeah. I, I, was, I was kind of in a euphoria, and it was a blur after, after I, that. But like going back to like things like, okay, so we see, I think the first shot after that is... Um, the X-Wings taking off, like flying over. The, the X-Wings flying over. Oscar Isaac's character... Saying wahoo, dude! Like, I was like, he's having fun. <laughs> I remember fun. I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, he's my favorite character <laughs> because he's having fun flying an X-wing. This is great, and that's that's still the only thing we've seen that character do so far in two teasers. We've only seen him in the cockpit of that of an X-wing flying, having fun. Um, and after that, we see, uh, we see. Oh, so okay. So Oscar Isaac's character is named Poe Dameron. Um, at celebration, he said that he is. He very cockily said that he is the best pilot in the galaxy. We'll see how that plays out. Well, yeah, I mean, who know, who knows if that's the actual uh, you know intention of the character, or if that's the character's assessment of himself. But I mean, right away, uh, that tells me I was like, okay, so if we if we can compare this new group 
to the holy trinity of Han, Luke, and Leia. Mm-hmm. And that tells me, okay, despite the fact that we see him piloting an X-Wing, which was historically Luke's thing, that cockiness, that sense of bravado, tells me he might be the Han. Yeah, movie. that's pretty much So that's pretty right cool. There. I like that. Seeing that there is a Han Solo in this group um, before we get to the actual Han Solo. We'll, we'll, get, um, we'll get there. So we see the other two characters. We see Daisy Ridley's character, whose name is Ray, R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speculation that that is not her real name, that it's sort of a code name. I don't want to get into that because I don't want to know if if that's true or not. I want to wait for the movie to be yeah. spoiled by that. Um, but she is supposedly a, a junker or a scavenger. Uh, she salvages junk, and she's living on this planet, Jakku, which is kind of a graveyard for ships. Yeah, um, I'm, if, yeah. If, there, if there's right. down ships all over the place, yeah. this is a good place to be a junker. Um, we also see the character of Finn, played by John Boyega. I'm not sure how I feel about that name, but... Is I, that the only name we've got we don't have a last name on him? We don't have a last name for Finn or for Ray, which a lot of people think that's part of the reason why that's not her real name. Finn, I don't know. That's the only name that we've gotten for him. Well, then, I mean, then again, if he's a stormtrooper, we don't... See, the thing is, we actually know very little about... We know plenty about clone troopers at this point. Right. We actually don't know, especially now that... Um, Expand the universe is no longer canon. We don't know much about stormtroopers. We don't know what kind of training they go through, how they're selected. So, I mean, for all we know, he's not permitted an identity aside from a first name. I mean, That's who, true. Who the, who the heck knows? Right. He could be drafted. Maybe. They, yeah. Maybe he's not a, a recruit or not a a volunteer. We we have no idea. Um, but one of the things that I loved is that we actually see shots of him not in the stormtrooper outfit, and I just love his costume. He's wearing a jacket. It looks like. It's reminiscent of Luke from the end of the yes. first Star Wars. Yes, movie. it was. He's wearing like a normal sort of civilian clothes. He's not wearing Jedi robes. I got so tired of a those, Jedi those, robes. Those got done to death. And the, it was like, oh, okay. So I don't even want to get it. I just love like just the aesthetic look of the costumes that we've seen. I love all of that. And you know, there's something I couldn't put. I couldn't put my finger on and tell you why. There's something I just love about the shot of him taking his helmet off. There's something yeah. about that. There's something about the energy of that shot, like that. This this is an intense moment, but it's it's like it feels like it's picking the quieter image in a very intense moment. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he's taking that helmet off, but I'm looking at him going, "Shit's getting real somewhere." <laughs> my my prediction. This is based on nothing. I'm sure there's lots of speculation. I'm thinking he is actually a legitimate stormtrooper. Who defects? He either sees something that he shouldn't see, or sees something that he doesn't want to see, and he quits. And then part of the plot is him being hunted down because we see them being chased by Tie Fighters. Yeah, I mean, that, and, and I I agree with that because I mean, it's and it is based off literally just a vibe. But the vibe I get from the very few shots we've mm-hmm. seen, you know, goes that direction. Sorry, we see a couple different shots of our what looks to be our primary villain. Who yeah, confirmed his name, Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. Which, that one I actually knew. <laughs> which is not Darth anything, so... That's actually, that's a nice change. But and, and also, at that point, whether or not he's a Sith or not, I don't care just as long as he's not Darth something. I, yeah, Dar- Darth half of a bad, bad word. word. <laughs> it's just, it always makes me think of the, the Futurama episode with the Sith Lords. Darth Sploder. <laughs> Darth Erderer. <laughs> Darth um, Ithead. Anyway, um, I love his look. Um, I had no idea what we were going to see when we actually saw him from the front. I like that mask. I like how they look. It doesn't look like a carbon copy of Darth Vader or the Stormtroopers or anything else, but it's reminiscent. I see that look and I say, that looks Star Wars-ish. It does. I, I guess... I. Yeah, I, I'm kind of neutral on mm-hmm. on his look one way or the other. Just just because it does feel Star Wars, but it also feels like the sort of thing that I would have expected to have seen in a Star Wars comic okay. ten years yeah. ago, or Star Wars fan art, like it or a it, video game even. It yes, feels like it feels very proper and it fits the right. universe. But th- there was nothing about it that particularly grabbed me, just because it felt very much like the sorts of things I've seen for a long time. And yeah. it, that's not a bad thing. It means it fits, but... Right. I mean, it does... At at some point, you just put people like Darth Maul and whatever Count Dooku's Sith name was, Tyrannus. Darth Tyrannus. And Darth Vader and this guy all in a row. Okay, it's just black 
something interesting with the face. And yeah, it's, it's all the same. Pretty much. Um, but but I saw and my I didn't I didn't go. Ooh, I don't like that. My first thought was that's pretty cool. I'll tell you what I do like out of the few shots we got of him. I like the intensity of his movement mm-hmm. because what we started seeing a lot, of, and part of it was the over choreographed um, lightsaber fights, and part of it was you know characters like the Emperor just being more casual to try and make it seem like they're they're all that. But I like him. Just looking like there's effort being expended with the swing that he does, and when he does what I, what I assume is a force choke, he does this one sort he of. Does that, it's a force choke. Or it's a force stop. Or it's stop it's something, but there's there's tension, and yeah. he's not just oh I will use the force. Right. He's like there's raw effort going into that, and I I just appreciate that. And I think that just I mean that speaks like from from both teasers, there is just a sense of energy and kinetic movement and motion to these shots that we're seeing mm. that just wasn't there in the last couple Star Wars films. But Not, not um, so much. I'm trying to think of what are some of the other... Uh, we see shots of the stormtroopers turning around. They, we see those. We see the the uh, the pimped out trooper, the, the high chrome yes. trooper. Um, which I... I have heard a rumor about who is actually beneath that costume. I don't want to even hear I'm it. Not, I'm not going to tell you, though. I think you will be pleased when you hear it. Okay. Um, whatever, whoever that is looks awesome. I mean, even if that's just an elite brand of Stormtrooper, that's a cool look. And I'm hoping that that Stormtrooper kind of fills the promise that was made by the Emperor's personal guard that we never got. Right. Because I look at that and go, you can throw down. Please let me see them throw down because we never saw the Emperor's guards do jack. I think the fact that we saw a lot of Stormtroopers but we only see one of those does suggest that this is an elite this is either one solitary person or it's a person from an elite sort of core yeah. with like a, a, an elite group of ranks and that person will have a special role to play in the, the film and i yeah it that looked really really cool um we had uh, we had a couple of shots of Ball droid, whatever his name is. BB-8. BB-8. Um which at celebration they actually brought that out on stage. I, I, I like that it's a practical it's, effect. It's fully functional. That thing just that blew everybody's minds. And and I had heard that. I had heard that before that they built a working model that was practical on the set. I was like, okay, it just kinda like sits there. It's something for the actors. You, you to assumed look at. it was a reference. Right, exactly, exactly. Um when it's actually rolling around and interacting and kind of getting like up in R2's face, there was there was an attitude <laughs> between us. I was like, this is this is incredible. All of a sudden that is my favorite character in Star Wars. <laughs> so um yeah, whatever whatever they do with that, I'm I'm happy. And that goes to say, I mean, we saw we saw R two in this trailer. We see other characters from those movies. We we get the ghost of Luke either from his voice over possibly him with R two in that earlier shot. I mean, I, I references. To everyone's it, making the assumption it is because it's the robot hand it's and the, it's the one that Luke lost. Right, right. And, um, and there's sort of like ghostly aspects of the the original cast, but. 95% of this teaser was still focused on the new characters. Yes. New ships, new locations, new people. And I love all of that. I think I think the reason, that, honestly, that this resonated more with me was just that perfect dose of old cast, old Star Wars. But you're right. They never took it over because aside from that voiceover, mm-hmm. the only clear thing we get is at the very end when we see Han and Chewie. Because everything else yeah. is is imagery that is very much either this these are the new characters or this is way after the stuff you knew. Right. Things like Vader's burn helmet and the down Star Destroyer and whatever. So I, I think it's they're continuing to push the new over the nostalgia, which is a very smart thing to do. Well, yeah, and I think it is because I think Star Wars is a story about youth and rebellion, so I think they need to capture that youth and that spirit of energy again. Um, but going back to that moment, when you saw Han Solo and Chewbacca there, what was your first thought? Um, Harrison Ford is awake. 
That that was honestly that was my first thought because which is more than you can say for the fourth Indiana Jones. Movie. It's more than you can say. I mean, I'm not saying he's been asleep in every movie he's done for the last ten years, but I'd say it's it's been about a seventy thirty. Uh, Air Force One was the last time I saw him trying. I I mean, granted, I didn't see the full movie, but the trailers I saw of of Cowboys and Aliens, he looked like he was trying. Okay, I didn't see it. I was yeah, I didn't see it either. So that's that's an assumption on my part. I, and I heard he did well in in uh, forty two. I did see that. He was fine. I mean, that wasn't a challenging part, but he was fine. But I mean, regardless, the, the man has been coasting yeah. for a while. And he looked awake. And he looked alert. And he looked happy to be there. He was smiling. He looked, yeah. Which was, was which was nice. Now, I mean, that said, that for a lot of people, that was like the big kickoff ah! moment. I'd already had mine, which I've talked about. So it didn't, it didn't raise me higher than I already was. But it was nice. And it was... It was cool and it was fun and it was, yeah. <laughs> I was I was sort of surprisingly conflicted because at one point, at one point, at, on a certain level, it made the movie more real. Like it, mm. it grounded it in a way that I didn't realize it was lacking. It almost gave it a sense of legitimacy hmm. in my mind that. I didn't, I didn't think it needed, but all of a sudden... That's true. In, in a way, up to that point, the trailers we've seen could have very easily been fan-made trailers. Yeah. Up to this point. Yeah. I mean, really well-done fan-made trailers, but um, they could have been. And at the same time, I, when I was, I was like, that's Han and Chewie, and it's then, and I instantly recognized what the shot was referencing. I was like, there's a classic promotional art piece of Han Solo and Chewbacca standing together with their guns out. I actually created a meme that I put on Facebook for that, comparing the two images. But my other thought was, I was like... Ah, he looks old. I don't want him to be the star of this movie. I just so I, at one point, it sort of confirmed my my reservations and my fears that I don't want. I don't really want to see an older Han Solo at this level, but they did look like they were having fun in that one little shot, and it just felt like coming home to a certain extent. So I, I think it's going to be a question of dosage, like yeah. if if. If he's used correctly, mm -hmm. i.e. sparingly, right. then I think it can work beautifully. Where can people find you online, Nathaniel? Primarily, you can find me on YouTube on Council of Geeks, although I'm also on Twitter, at Council of Geeks. Awesome. You have that power, too. My next guest is Bobby Anderson from the Red Circus Hour web shorts on YouTube. We had some technical issues during my chat with Bobby, so you might hear some echoes and distortion and what sounds kind of like dogs barking in another room that's totally not my dogs locked in the other room going crazy because they know I'm home. I don't know what the sound is. It's some kind of Skype problem. Anyway, here's Bobby. So my first impression was, this is cool. I'm no more excited than I was three and a half minutes ago. Okay. So I'm already amped up, right? Yeah. Like if you're if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a Star Wars nerd, whatever you consider yourself, you're already amped. Like this is like, you know, a moment in history. Like we never say you're born too late to do something really great and too early to explore space. Like this is the moment we were born in. And so I'm already amped, I'm already excited. I don't know that there's a teaser trailer that could have been released that would get me more excited unless it was the actual movie. Which is a tough spot to be in, I guess. But, I mean, I enjoy it. I'm just, I, I don't, I think the problem is I don't think I can get more excited. And that's kind of put me at a crossroads. There was a lot to like in it. For me, it, it captured Star Wars. I've got sort of the piloting. I've got the landscapes. I've got the sense that this is like an alien world. That this is a whole other galaxy. Like, I've got that feeling from it. And that's really what I wanted. I didn't want sort of the, the, the wonder bread of Star Wars, which is, I guess, what you would call sort of the prequels. Yeah. Right? Like, here's Star Wars because we called it Star Wars. It's like, nah, you're missing so much that I really wanted you to have. But I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know that I'm more excited because of any of it. It's all what I, it's all what I really wanted to be in there and would be really angry about if it wasn't. General thoughts on the characters that we've seen, how much we've seen of them. So the voiceover, right, mm -hmm. at the beginning of the trailer, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's Luke talking to his child, pretty much. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it, 
it's dialogue lifted from Return of the Jedi when he was talking to Leia, but it's it's right. repurposed in a way that definitely makes it sound like he's talking to a new generation. Exactly. I guess child is the wrong word. Whether or not that's his kid or whether it's not, it's just going to be like, you know, random apprentice I found. Yeah. But it will be kind of cool to see. So I'm glad that that's there. And I'm glad that if that's truly a part of the story, that's really cool. That we get to see sort of teacher Luke as opposed to, because it's the passing of the baton. Right? We don't want to have we don't want to have to drag ninety year old Harrison Ford and ninety year old uh, you know Mark Hamill onto the screen if there's you know three more Star Wars movies. So I think if this movie can pass the baton, I will be really really happy. And that's that's the part that I liked the most is that that's at least what it implied. Sorry about that. I dropped off for a second and lost my connection somehow. Oh, no problem. No I didn't know if it was you or me. Uh, I think it was me, but I'll blame you. <laughs> That's just like everybody else does. <laughs> me. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, I wasn't really listening. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. that I think it is important that we establish that this is a story about the next generation, that we will see... Han, Luke, and Leia, but it's no longer their story. It's no longer their mission to to further this adventure. They are passing the baton. And uh, yeah, I agree. I hope we get that sense of Luke training in some way uh, a new generation of Jedi and Force users. I don't know how long that will last. It might it might be relatively briefly, like the way Obi-Wan's presence was in the first Star Wars I almost hope that that's the way that they go because I really don't want, I don't want Star Wars origin movie yeah. territory. I don't want them to try and retell the entire other Star Wars movies in this one because they're afraid that people haven't seen it. Like when the first here at like comic book movies were coming out, I understand you have to tell the beginning story because not everyone, it wasn't mainstream yet. This is about as mainstream as you are going to get. And so you shouldn't have to... I don't, I don't want a 20-minute monologue from Luke about the Force. Right. That's not, that's not what I want from this movie. Most impressive moments, like if you could list your, your top three takeaways from this teaser. Um, number one would definitely be the voiceover. Okay. Um, like I said, that, that is meeting my requirement for what I want this movie to be. Assuming that it's not going to bait and switch me, that's what I want from that. So that would be number one. And then I think at the time in the trailer, he's also physically handing over a lightsaber. There is right? a <laughs> shot. There, there's a shot of someone handing a lightsaber to someone. It's not specific. Right. We don't, it is. we don't. Yeah. But I mean, the symbolism of that is sums up what exactly I want this movie to be. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two for me would have to be. Uh, it's a very brief, it's like one of those cut shots. The stormtroopers with the banner in the background. Yeah. Because that's always sort of been the nagging question. Okay, the Emperor's been killed. Vader has been redeemed, but he's no longer a part of the picture. Who is, like, who is the next person? Empires, very rarely does an empire just crumble as soon as you kill a, a leader, a dictator. Usually there's a power vacuum. And then, you know, there's usually, like, a little inward fight, and then someone rises to the top of that power vacuum. So, like, yes, the Alliance did it. They destroyed, you know, they destroyed the Emperor. But who was going to take the Emperor's place, right? You haven't, you haven't destroyed the ideological values that the Empire has been forcing on people for generations. You've merely just killed the, the puppet master. Right, and we'll, we'll see. They did... At Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, California, they revealed that this entity, the organization, is no longer called the Empire. That it's now okay. known as the First Order. So okay. that's that's a little bit different, and I think it goes to what you, what you were saying. It's when the puppeteer falls, when the when the figurehead dies, how has the 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 ideology changed? How has the organization and the military structure changed? And they're certainly calling themselves something different. Um, and the Rebe the Rebel Alliance is not called the New Republic. They're now called the Resistance, which suggests that 
they haven't taken over. They haven't con- they like they haven't defeated the Empire or the First Order. That they're still in a position of weakness. I would say, just based on those two names. I mean, that's exactly the question that I'm, and so again, that's that's another thing that I was like, if this movie is going to fill the hole that is inside of me, the third part or my third favorite part of the trailer was Han and Chewie at the very end, seeing the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Because despite everything that I just said about how I want this to be a movie that passes the torch and I want it to be a, to answer some questions for me, I still want to see those characters that I loved, right? At least at first. Yeah. At least at, in some small capacity at first because I need I need that gap to be bridged. Yeah. I don't want to just be thrown into this movie and have to relate to all new characters without having some sort of a, a a bridge to close that gap. And I was also really worried about how Harrison Ford was holding up. Yeah, that was a big question. So, yeah, so seeing him back on set of the Millennium Falcon with standing next to Chewie, who has aged like a fine wine, <laughs> uh, in the Han Solo gear, in his in the Han Solo clothes, really sort of put me at ease. I didn't want to be watching geriatric Han Solo, and I'm I'm getting the sense that he's not there yet. So I'm happy about that. I would have been really upset had they showed him, and I was like, where is that man's walker? Where is, where is Han Solo's cane? Somebody get him his, his you know, carbon fiber cane. I'm, I'm glad that he, as a human being, you know, when you put him in that place, has held up to at least get through this movie. Yeah, and I think part yeah. of that is Harrison Ford has developed sort of a grumpy attitude of late. Um, or, yeah. or just like that sort of persona, that idea of him as, as a grumpier old man. I don't know if that's valid or not, but that just seems to be kind of the general perception. And the, the fact that we see him there with Chewbacca and he seems to be smiling and having fun and embracing his new position in this. I think that that went a long way to sort of assuaging a lot of people's fears about whether or not he could come home again as Han Solo. Any other comments or things that, about the teaser that you wanted to mention? Just that it it feels like Star Wars, and that's really just what I think the entire world wants. So I don't know if anybody will hear this that can make that happen, but if you're out there, please just give us what we want. I'll give you anything. You'll you all my money. You can have all my money. I I really hope that they. They know that that's from the heart. (laughs) My final guest is a man who needs no introduction, but is contractually obligated to receive one. My best friend in the world, the irredeemable Shag Reinhardt from FirestormFan.com and the Fire and Water podcast. First of all, the, the, the first teaser, when it came out, I wasn't sure going in, and I know that's not what you asked about, but that's what you got. I was pretty trepidatious going to the first teaser. I was like, I don't know, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So this time I came with this one excited. I was ready for this one. It wasn't, there was no trepidation. I was like, I had my heart open. I was going to just take it in no matter what. So I was, I was completely biased, but I mean, dude, I mean, I watched it with my stepson who's 15. Mm-hmm. And basically when it was launched, I said, get in here. <laughs> he came running in and he was like, what? I'm like, we have to watch this right now together. You know, um, I pulled my wife out of the shower to show her the trailer on my <laughs> phone. <laughs> I have to tell you, there's better reasons to pull your wife out of the shower. But anyway, uh, go. <laughs> so it it was gorgeous. It was a thing of joy. Every moment of it. Um, I don't know, and I think I said this on our show. So forgive me for repeating. If anybody, because I think you just took our audience. I don't think you have any of your own listeners. But um, I think so it's they've already just heard this. You and Rob. I think that's it. Oh, okay. That's probably true. So anyway, I I don't know whether you brainwashed me um, listening to you ramble on on this little show, or whether I got there on my own. Where I'm also like you, ready now. To watch the new characters. Now, I, I want to see Han. I want to see Leia. I want to see the handoff. I don't want them to be a cameo. I want them to be involved. But I really want to learn more about the new characters. So much so that the moment the trailer was over, I went to IMDb because I wanted to learn those characters' names. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray and Finn, is that right? Yeah, Ray and Finn. And there there's speculation, the fact that we don't have last names for either of them, and it's more so to do with yeah. Ray. 
there's speculation sure. that that is not her character's real name or that there is significance to what her last name might be. I don't know. Like any, I haven't. Slow baby. That's, that's certainly the speculation. That's certainly the theory. Um, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't want to know. I want to be surprised with that. So I'm avoiding that. But. If she's not Ray Solo, then WTF, because she looks like Carrie, she looks like Carrie Fisher and Han Solo had a kid. I mean, that's who she looks like. Yeah. You know, she's, She's going to be the Jedi character. She's totally badass. She can fly. She's she's Ray Solo. It's not even let's not even debate it. She's Ray Solo. Done. Anyway, um, so really excited for it. I, there was well, I, just, I guess going from step by step. I mean, opening with the crashed Star Destroyer was brilliant. That might be my single favorite shot from the whole from all of the images that we've seen so far, because because of visually or what it represented both. Okay. Um, because it was the first thing we see, and it's just a, a panoramic landscape. We're just following it along. And didn't you think it was a mountain in the background at first? Absolutely did. And, but also the fact that it's the first shot from this teaser, and the Star Destroyer was always one if was always part of the opening shot of the classic trilogy. Mm-hmm. It was. It it just. It set the stage and it just – it instantly I was back there. I was like a Star Destroyer. This is how those movies begin. See, I didn't think about that that piece of it uh, un- until actually this moment. But I, I had thought more that's the way you say this is the future. The Empire has collapsed. Yeah. That was perfect. It was exactly the right message from that one shot of like, you know, tells you things have moved on. And that – wow, that was powerful. And all the scenes with Ray and Finn were exciting. I actually, by the by the end of that two minutes, I wanted to know more about their story. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. Now, there's really I, I'm putting too much there. There wasn't enough for me to fall in love with these characters, but I did anyway. I mean, I'm in love with the soccer ball robot. I think he's adorable. Yeah. I was totally on board with all of that. Um, you know, the the new Sith looks totally cool. I'm okay with the hilt. I, I don't know where, where do you fall in the lightsaber hilt. My first thought when I first saw it in the op- in the first teaser, mm-hmm. I did a bit of an eye roll because I thought it was an unnecessary flourish, and I felt like that's just trying to one up the last lightsaber that we saw, and you don't need to do that. And and my my thinking was always, I don't care what your lightsaber looks like. I want to be invested in this character. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, I, I just, I couldn't care less about who the villain was if he was just another guy in black wielding a red lightsaber. So I, seriously, like my the least interesting character that I've that I've heard about so far is the villain. However, having seen him now and the second teaser, just a few little glimpses and what we've seen on like promotional posters and stuff, I really like his mask. I like the visual. There's an intensity about him that I really like. And I have no problem with the lightsaber. I still okay. think it's, it's a little bit unnecessary, but it doesn't bother me. So I'm fine with it. Here's why I think it's absolutely necessary and is a brilliant move in the lightsaber technology field. What always happens to people who have lightsabers in Star Wars? They get their hands chopped off. They get their hands chopped off. And when you do a sword fight, there's a whole reason a hilt exists on a sword. is mm-hmm. that you can't connect the swords, slide your sword down, and cut that guy's hand off. And that's, that's why a hilt is there. And the only thing that can stop a lightsaber is another lightsaber. So by having your, a lightsaber hilt, it actually stops a lightsaber from sliding down and cutting off the person's hand. And that actually teach, tells me something about the, the psychology of the character a little bit, too. Because... Forget whatever the origin of the lightsaber is in the Star Wars canon and the expanded universe. And I don't even know what the first recorded appearance of a lightsaber is. But to me, I always felt like, despite the fact that we predominantly see lightsabers used in lightsaber duels, I never got the impression that the weapon was created for that purpose. That it was primarily a defensive tool used for blocking and defense. Mm. If you have a, a lightsaber with a hilt... Like, as you were just explaining, that says that that is a weapon that was created specifically for fighting other lightsabers. Hmm. And that says that the the person who uses that and created that is somebody who's going to hunt down and fight other Jedi. There you go. So. I can't wait to the reveal to clone of Palpatine. <laughs> oh, that's um, filled with so much hate now. You want this? <laughs> All right. What else? 
Uh, okay, so I got I got really hung up on one stupid thing. I it's I, I maybe I'm over it now. I don't know. The end with Han's line, like first of all, when it goes to black and you hear him say Chewy, I mean total goosebumps. I gasp like a little girl, <gasps> you know, and you see him, and I'm like, yeah! but the line about we're home, it just it's a little too. And again, I said this before on Fire and Water. Sorry, but like it it's there for the audience that yeah. line. And that's okay, I suppose, but I just don't like it in the movie. I guess it's stupid. I'm, I'm, re- I sound like I'm, I'm being negative. It's, it's the tiniest of little things, but it's just, it's sitting in my craw, and I'm having a hard time moving past it. I wish Han had said something like "Let's go" or whatever. And I'm probably not being fair to Harrison Ford or J.J. Abrams or anyone else, and I just can't help it. It's for the fanboy in me stuck on that, but. Other than that, it was great to see Han. It's great to see his members-only jacket that he's moved up from the vest. <laughs> Chewie looks perfect. Uh, I had a 45-minute argument with a friend of mine whether Chewie looks right or not. Uh, the, the Falcon, I mean, it's oh, exciting because, to see. Because Chewbacca's going back to the the first Star Wars haircut instead of, like, the pre-grunge kind of, like, exactly. like long-haired kind of, like, bangs. Yes, yeah, so, well, he got the right. He got the bangs after a, a New Hope, but this looks exactly like the a New Hope Chewie, mm-hmm. which you know is fine because the episode one, two, or the episode two and three, just three, I can't remember. Whatever, Chewie looked god awful. I mean, I I remembered it being bad, and I googled it recently. It's horrific how bad Chewie looked in the prequels, and so the fact that they really went to a lot of effort to make Chewie look right, and specifically went to the a New Hope model, fine with me. Chewie looks boss. He looks totally great. Yeah. So, um. It, you know, and also I can't help but wonder, you know, why haven't they been on the Falcon all these years? What's going on? That's certainly that's the assumption I made by him saying by saying, you know, we're we're home. Has the Falcon been crashed on some planet all this time and they finally get it back or did Lando steal it from him or I don't know. Yeah, he just never returned it. <laughs> he just, right, exactly. He just left the Battle of Endor and just flew off, went to light speed and just never came back. Well, I mean, he, re- he you know, Han that, said, not a scratch. Yeah, that'll and be the Lando. Next, yeah, the next anthology movie will just be the further adventures of Lando and me and Numb. I'd pay for that. <laughs> yeah, so would I. So, all right, so I loved Luke's narration was just powerful. Even though I knew the words, it, it worked well. Even though I knew it was an echo of the past, it worked well in the story. When you see the lightsaber being handed off, that could be a nothing scene, but it sure made it feel like one generation passing the baton to the next. Yep. I mean, it was really great. That was great. Um, even though I, I fussed a little about the Han and Chewie. You know what? I mean, no, Han and Chewie probably wasn't. I don't grrr, Oh, man, you put me on the spot. Okay. Luke, um, the Falcon flying through that spaceship, which I assume is the Star Destroyer. Maybe it's not. I flying it's, through the. I think it's the Super Star Destroyer or a Super Star Destroyer. I was going to say the Super Star Destroyer went into the Death Star. So it could be another Super Star Destroyer, certainly. Uh, not the Executor. But um, And then the third thing would probably be just the, the seeing. Finn and Ray together and yeah. running around and doing stuff like I got so excited by those characters. Like I'm, I'm really obsessing on those characters. I want to learn more about them desperately. Yeah. Agreed. So I, I, I will be that one guy who doesn't say Han and Chewie's his favorite part. Any other, any other thoughts or impressions you want to share about that teaser before we move on? Uh, the thing I think I'm looking forward to the most is probably the scene. You know, remember how Luke talked to Ben, you know, the, the ghost of Ben in the previous ones? Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to Luke talking to the ghost of Hayden Christensen in this one. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe they get the kid back, actually. Maybe he could do the, the ghost scenes. That'd be good. The kid oh, from episode one. Jake Lloyd? Yeah, Jake Lloyd could do it. I, I don't – I can't imagine that ever happening because he has, he has stated – that Star Wars ruined his life and he wants nothing to do with it. That Good. kid, that kid, no, no, I feel bad for that kid. He was eight years old. He had no control of what he was doing. Blame the adults that put him on camera. He got death threats at Comic-Con for 10 years after that movie. He was oh a gosh. kid. He couldn't walk down the street in safety. People threatened his life because they thought he was such a bad actor. He was eight years old. That's insane, dude. Seriously? Yes. That's that. And he, you yeah, know he, what? He said, human he, race, human race. Yeah. I'm done with you. Yeah. He said, I'm he, he, said he hates Star Wars. He hates George Lucas and he never wants to see another movie like that again. So he basically went into hiding. Don't blame the guy. He should yeah. grow his hair out and change his face. Yeah. <laughs> so Oof. anyway, onto lighter, happier topics. A few days after that teaser dropped at the end of Star Wars celebration, 
they announced that the next movie that comes out um, is officially called Star Wars Anthology Rogue One. And what Hold on. Clarification. Yep. Meaning between seven and eight or after eight and nine? What does that mean? It's going to be one of the fir- it's going to be the first spin-off movie. Right, I and get that. I, I, I pieced that together all by myself. And what they have said is that this one will take place before Star Wars A New Hope. So this one will take place between episodes three and four. For goodness sake, son, I'm asking you, when's it being released? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. This one will come out in December of 2016. So one year after The Force Awakens. And now the other reveal is that episode eight will come mm-hmm. out in... May of 2017 to coincide with the 40th anniversary of the first Star Wars. Now, that means that if you're paying attention to the calendar, they will release three Star Wars movies within two and a half years of each other. I was going to say, that's a really tight turnaround. No, 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 no. Within one and a half years of each other. From the end of. 15 to 17, that's one and a half years, yeah. Yeah. So they're really cranking these out. So now officially the the numbers with the or the movies with a number attached to them like episode 7, 8, 9 those are called the saga movies. And okay. all the other movies that they're going to be doing these spin-offs are called the anthology movies. And it's going to look awkward on a poster. I think so. I think the 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 anthology word will probably be really small print. <laughs> um, but those will be take place at different points of time and different points of history for the Star Wars universe. And I, what it sounds like is that they're all going to have a sort of a different tone and a different feel. And our first indication of that is that Rogue One, which will be directed by Gareth Edwards, who did Godzilla from last year, uh, he has said that this movie will feel very much like a realistic war movie. Oh, that's cool. And we say realistic as realistic as it can be in Star Wars universe. Um, so it's like Saving Private Ryan in Star Wars. Essentially, yeah, yeah. It's gonna and it's gonna have that sort of war and espionage feel. And they have confirmed, and I'm I'm not happy about th- this plot, but they have confirmed that it is going to be the story about the rebels stealing the plans for the first Death Star. Why aren't you happy about that? Because of Kyle Katarn. No, it's because it's just I know how it ends. It's it's just it suffers from prequel itis. Well, I oh, okay. I I know that they get the plan. Now, obviously that doesn't I mean, I knew how Titanic was going to end. It, the the the, <laughs> the destination is not what's important. It's the characters and how they get there. I right. get that, but it was still something I was I wanted almost anything else. But I like the fact that it, they're not. It's not a Boba Fett movie yet. That can, we can do that later. It's not a Han Solo origin movie. It's a movie talking about the things that I really like, which is Rebel commandos, and I'm assuming Rebel pilots, and it will have some cool starfighter action. Now, what could happen there, though, is what they could do something smart, like assuming Finn's last name is not Calrissian, which I'm pretty sure it won't be. <laughs> right. Um, you know, maybe what you find out is like there's a guy running around in there, and you find out it's Finn's dad. They absolutely could, and they're Finn's grandfather yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Now, thinking about this, um, it's called Rogue One. Yep. Now, I thought, and maybe this is just an expanded universe piece of knowledge I've walked away with. I shouldn't have. I thought Luke founded Rogue Squadron. In the expanded universe, he did. He and so, Wedge came up with the the concept and the idea together. So that's not legit canon. Interesting. Nope. Uh, now, right. well, that's the thing. Rogue One might not necessarily refer to a person. True. Could um, be a ship. It could be a ship. It could be the name of the mission, like the operation. Mm-hmm. And they could yeah. retroactively say that uh, Luke and Wedge founded Rogue Squadron in honor or to pay homage to whatever Rogue One mm-hmm. was, the, this famous mm-hmm. mission or this a famous uh, a soldier or commando or something like that. There's a lot of ways that they could still sort of that they could still pull that off and keep that consistent without completely retconning that or or dis discounting what came before. I wonder if it's going to be, and this is really reaching, but like a spiritual descendant of Michael Stackpole's Rogue Squadron books, because you know we we know that the expanding universe is nothing more than just books now, but. We also know that a lot of people involved with Star Wars loved the expanded universe. I mean, yep. you, you've seen the interviews. 
the Rogue Squadron books really did give Star Wars a military feel. Yep. And if this is a military story, it's got the name Rogue in it, you know, assuming there's some pilots in there, I mean, maybe it's going to be, like I said, a spiritual descendant would be nice. If they do, I'm all for that. I would, yeah. I would love nothing else. I'm like getting totally jazzed about this movie now, just hearing about it. This is cool. Um, and you said each one of these anthology movies are going to be a different sort of genre. So I'm really looking forward to the Max Rebo <laughs> Sly Snoodles uh, dance off movie. So that should be pretty number, sweet. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm expecting dance off, you know, <laughs> dance off, really. Just more of a dancing with the stars kind of thing. Dance I think off, this is going to be cool. Yep. Yeah. Looking forward to that. I, it, it's astonishing how back in I am for Star Wars. I am so excited for Star Wars again. Where can people find you online if they so desire? Uh, you can find me at firestormfan.com. You can also find me on the social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and Tumblr, all under Firestorm Fan. Uh, you can also find me if you're into the whole podcasty thing, and judging by the fact that you're listening to this, you just might be. You can find me on the Fire and Water podcast, where we regularly read feedback from some moron named Count Druncula. And there's a few other places you can find me, but that'll get you to the core of what I'm doing. That's all for this episode. Big thanks to my guests, Nathaniel, Bobby, and Shag. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to leave feedback, you can post a comment on the blog page at deadboffinspies.blogspot.com. You can also leave a review of the show on iTunes, and you can track me down on Twitter at RyanDaily01 or the username Count Druncula. Dead Boff and Spies is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or Walt Disney Company, and the views expressed on the show belong solely to the speaker. All music and audio clips are used for entertainment purposes and are believed covered under fair use. And I make no money off this podcast, so no copyright infringement is intended. Thanks for listening. And until next time, you have that power too. Welcome to another exciting episode of Dead Bothan Spies, the official podcast of deadbothanspies.blogspot.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Mobile Shag. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the intoxicated Count Dracula. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, thanks. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. So, we're back again, because, you know, it's been a big, huge, frickin' hiatus with this show. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it? What was it? Like, two weeks? Three? Four, maybe? Okay. Last episode was released Sunday, March 29th, not that I'm counting. Okay, so if you listen to that episode, I explained that this show would be probably going monthly. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My life's busy. I want to do some other shows. I thought Star Wars meant something to you, man. I don't even know who you are anymore. You know what? I didn't change. It was the Star Wars movies that got too big. <laughs> They got too big. They got too big for their britches. So you had to move on. You had to go find some other niche that no one's filling and do a Black Canary podcast, for goodness sake.